1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you have joined us for today's conversation, and it is going to be an awesome one. Uh, We're here with a good friend, and uh, before we get to that conversation, though, I want to remind you of a couple things. Our mission here at Church Leadership Podcast is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church, and we believe every single episode can help you do just that, whether it's one statement, one sentence, one part of our conversation, or the whole thing. Uh, We want it to be an encouragement to you and and to give you practical tools to lead in the local church, whether you're a pastor, staff member, or a volunteer leader. And we're glad you're here for this ride for this uh, today's episode. And, And if you've not been listening to our episode, our our podcast for long go back and listen to past episodes Um, we've got new people joining all the time and we're glad you're here and we would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast if you're like me you probably only listen to podcasts that you subscribe to because there's so much going on and you don't get reminded so hit that subscribe button whether you're listening to it or watching on youtube uh, so you don't miss a single episode now here is today's conversation
0: Wow, guys, thank you for joining us. It is the end of the year as we're recording this podcast. It's almost Christmas, just a few days away, and we're thankful that Jeremy Jones has found some time in his busy schedule to join us. Uh, Jeremy is our friend. We've known him for several years now. He's just a great guy, doing a great job uh, serving where he's at. He is the senior pastor at Beth Salem Baptist Church in Billingsley, Alabama, which is just south of Birmingham. And uh, we've known Jeremy for a while, and we're thankful for his investment in disciple-making and, and what God is doing in and through you. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast this week. Glad to be here. Uh, excited that you could, you know, I'm probably the only one you could
2: find this close to Christmas, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Speaking of, the reason really, I mean, there's lots of reasons we wanted you on today. One is because our relationship with you. Uh, you're a friend of ours. And secondly, Andy mentioned it, your commitment to making disciples. And third really is, I think your your experience over the last year is a really common one. So um, I'll let you tell uh, the the folks listening and watching about it, but you were a, a student pastor for years and years, and you served faithfully in that role. God blessed your ministry as a student pastor, but over the last year now, you have Uh, just celebrated your year anniversary there at Beth Salem, so you have transitioned from student pastor, second chair, to being a lead pastor or a senior pastor, and so we wanted to talk to you about that because, again, that's a common experience for a lot of people, and so um, I want you to start by telling us a little bit about that journey and maybe some, I guess, some things that surprised you or some lessons you've learned over this past year in that transition. Yeah, it's been a uh,
2: a journey, absolutely. Uh, My in my mind, if you'd asked me five years ago, if I'd be a senior pastor, I'd have told you you're crazy. Um, I never had a desire. I wanted to build a student ministry and, and invest in students. And, you know, it was amazing just the time, how God just began to just change me and, uh, mold me and, and put people in my life like Robert Mullins. Uh, you know, he was my pastor and I served with him and, He's the one who saw it in me way before I saw it and just continued to encourage and challenge me, but it was kind of interesting is as bad as COVID was for me, I don't know if I would be here if it wasn't for COVID, and the reason is is it was an opportunity for me to kind of step back, reflect, and just spend time with the Lord, and uh, that's really the beginning of COVID, March, April of 2020 was when God began to really shift my focus from student ministry to being a senior pastor. And, uh, it was a day the church was shut down. We, me and Robert just happened to be at the office at the same time and had a conversation and he, uh, and I let him know what God had been dealing with me and said, I think, I, I really believe God's doing this. And he stepped in and, and kind of gave me some guidance as far as who to talk to guys to, to have some lunch with, to just begin to that process. And, uh, you know, it was a journey from March, really April, all, all the way until, uh, I guess, began in about August. And, you know, I shared with you guys earlier, um, I had a conversation with Mike Jackson and at the Alabama State Board of Missions and had lunch with him. And, and while I was um, having lunch with him, it uh, he reminded me and let me know that I was, that he was the interim pastor at Beth Salem. Would I be interested in possibly at that church? And I actually wrote in my journal, uh, that day, uh, that um, I really believe that this moment that and this lunch I had with him, God ha- had ordained it, and I would look back on it as beginning of a new journey in my ministry, and a uh, month and a half later, I get a phone call from them, and the rest is history. I'm now the senior pastor at Beth Salem Baptist Church, and so it- it's been an interesting journey because uh, it was right in the middle of COVID. It was right in the middle of All of that, which seems like a crazy time to transition, but it was actually a perfect time to transition because when I became the pastor, they were doing one thing. They were having worship on Sunday morning. That was it. There was no uh, Wednesday night services, no Sunday school. I mean, it was it. And so for me, it was kind of nice to be able to just slowly get into the ministry and what's happening here. So I wasn't all of a sudden had to do three messages on a in a week and, and all these crazy things I was, and I was able to bring back all the things that I felt led God was bringing back and Institute and, you know, did some crazy things like, uh, flip the service. We, they had done nine 30 worship from June of 2020, uh, to when I came and we kind of began to meet and talk about when we were going to bring Sunday school back and all of those things. And we kept worship at nine 30 and put Sunday school at 10 30. And we have continued to do that since. And the flip has been great. We have 80 to 90% attendance in Sunday school because worship is first and then they stay around. And so just little things like that. It's been a journey, but the the biggest thing I've learned is just, and it's a hard one is patience Um, and just waiting on God's timing. Because there was a moment from that time I wrote that in June 26 till I didn't get a phone call till August 16th. uh, Because, and I'm wondering, okay, God, I know, I really, my heart was in best Salem. It really was. And they, uh, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. And so I just waited and, and I wrote many times in my journal and I, and I don't journal as much as I should. Now I had the time to journal. I had really, that's, it became a habit of what I did. And so uh, that journaling, I can go back and it's fun to go back and see how God began to work and move and uh, change things. And so kind of, that's where, uh, just being patient through it, waiting on God's timing, uh, which is hard. It's, we want things now, we we want to move in our society and everything we're around is, it's the immediate gratification, immediate answers, and that waiting for, you know, from the time that God began to move, and I know he was calling me a senior pastor was, I guess, what, eight months, nine months, and, you know, that whole journey, but it was preparing me and, and pr- getting me ready to take that next step. And so, you know, just waiting on God's timing, it's always perfect. It's always on time, but it's just, it's hard for us to wait because we want to see what's happening and just trusting God, you know, that whole dive into God's word and letting it be a light into my path and and a lamp in my feet. I can't see beyond that. I just trust in him day by day, moment by moment. And some days we're not always easy to, to trust and to, to wait, but it's, uh, You know, to see it in the hindsight, it's like, oh, I see how God just orchestrated it all. But in the midst of it, I was wondering many days, what's next? Is this the right move? All those things.
0: Jeremy, you mentioned, you said it was an eight or nine month journey to kind of prepare you. Obviously, we know it was your whole time in ministry, you know, your whole life, everything God uses in our life to prepare us for what's next. And thinking about that transition, as Mark mentioned, there's a lot of, transitioning in ministry right now people are moving out of full-time ministry into bivocational or co-vocational ministry some guys are even transitioning roles like you did they're either uh, taking on the lead pastor role or some other role in their church simply because of restructuring and budgeting in their churches so people are really in that mindset right now you're talking about you had time to think we've all had time to really think and evaluate what our future should look like And even now, a lot of people are really, really considering that, uh, Seen as it didn't take two or three months just to get over the hump of a pandemic, we're still smack dab in the middle of it with a new variant that's just uh, popped his ugly head up right now. So tell us a little bit about what are some things that maybe you look back and see prepared you to take the role? That you have now? What are some things that helped you? And maybe even you, you're welcome to mention some things that have caught you off guard that you weren't ready for transitioning from, from one role to another and serving in the church.
2: And, and I know this is really crazy to say, but there's not much that's caught me off guard. Um, and, and I really thought there would be, but I think a lot of that, it was not only, my, definitely not as much my preparation as what my church, previous church, Crossroads Community Church, had done with Robert to allow me to do so many things in ministry. And and I think I wasn't just a youth pastor. I wasn't compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. And this is my student ministry, and the church happens over here. I was very much immersed in the ministry and, and what the church was doing, the direction, the decisions. And so I was able to get a kind of a holistic picture of the church and be a part of that ministry and I think that's the struggle that a lot of times is we compartmentalize the ministries instead of understanding our student ministry is great, but they need to understand the students need to see what is the church about while we move in this direction. And so I was able to, you know, for the years I was there now, if you'd have said when I, the first five, six years I was there at Crossroads, um, I would have not been able to say that, you know, I was being there also 17, almost 17 years kind of helped because I saw the church go through many different transitions. I've seen it walk through many different and been a part of a lot of the things from leadership uh, and, and administrative things. And I think that's the biggest thing is anybody wanting to transition, you've got to understand the whole church and why, you know, so when I stepped in to be the senior pastor leader of the whole church, I had already done a lot of those things. Which And I think as pastors, and that's one thing I'm trying to be is for anybody under my leadership is to allow them to be a part of the ministry and serving, because that's what Robert did for me. He is is very much a team leader and and utilizes the team approach where it's not him doing everything and this is you follow me. It's let's go together. And I think Mm -hmm. that mentality helped prepare me to understand all the things that, uh, inner workings of the church. And so that's kind of, to me, been a great part of my transition is being a part and seeing and doing all aspects of the church from the janitorial stuff, whether it's, you know, you know, helping clean up or put up stuff or senior adults, um, the Sunday school ministry, discipleship ministry, you know, disciple making all those things kind of helped me be more well-rounded, um, so I think that's kind of what's been good for me as far as transitioning.
1: That's awesome. I think that's that's an encouraging word for those who are in senior leadership to think about how they're uh, equipping and empowering those uh, on their team. Uh, because it is easy just to try to delegate without empowering and try to, you know, just put people, you know, in places because you get them to do ministry, but not. You know, enable them and equip them to, to lead. And I think that's awesome. And, and uh, Robert certainly did a huge service in doing that, but also um, taught you how to do it too. So that's awesome. Well, let me ask this question. You've been there a year, so you're probably still in the honeymoon phase a little bit. I mean, COVID probably prolonged that a little bit, but uh, looking toward, we are at the end of the year now, but looking toward next year, um, what are some things that that you're excited to do that you feel like in this first year, maybe uh, it was a little too soon, but some things maybe God has put on your heart and mind for your church uh, and your ministry uh, there at Beth Salem.
2: I think uh, for me is, is implementing the disciple making culture. Um, you know, I've this year because of COVID, because all that, I've kind of sat back and tried to learn my culture, learn the environment, learn the people and and what, what avenues are gonna be the best way to go about that. And you know, that's been good because I, you know, if I'd have just implemented the way I've always done it at crossroads, it would not have been as probably effective. I got you gotta understand your church um culture, your church uh local predicament. Uh everything's different. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between Beth Salem and, and crossroads, which is kind of cool. Um, and that we're more regional where, you know, most folks come from all over the place. And, you know, I learned that at crossroads because that's what it, it went from a hopeful church to a regional church and, you know, seeing that, but I think for me is, is kind of beginning to implement that and beginning to make disciples who make disciples, you know, and, and, and understanding that. Cause I've talked about it. We we've, you know uh put it out there uh, you know the thing i kind of go with is is trying to change it up and not be the same that you know I, we did at crossroads whatever is you know just making it simple love and lead you know god calls mm-hmm. us to love god love people and to lead others to love god and love people and you know i talk about it a lot and they hear it but that true implementation of the messy disciple making you know is is what i'm excited about in the future
0: that's awesome it that is awesome G- jeremy Mark, just ask you. You know what kind of things are you looking forward to? Let me ask you this: What kind of advice would you give someone who maybe they're contemplating the same kind of decision? Maybe they're transitioning from one role to another, or one church to another, or maybe somebody's fresh out of seminary, or maybe somebody is starting their new church. What kind of advice would you give them uh, as they're about to head into their first year of ministry? I guess you know.
2: Don't get ahead of yourself.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, I was fortunate because I was allowed that opportunity to um, take a little bit of time, like I talked about, because of COVID, because it was so slow. Uh, But I think taking a year and taking some time to get to know the people, to invest in them, and, you know, as you transition, it's just waiting on God. Uh, As hard as it is, is waiting on his leadership, his timing, is, is so paramount. For, for me, you know, I could have, you know, tried to, to push it faster and and maybe done some things through my transition period, but I, I really wanted to go to the place that God wanted me to be, and, and man, it is just God fitted me in a place that that fits my personality. I connect with the people well, the community. It's just, it's a great fit. And it's because I waited on God. And, you know, there's, there were some other opportunities I could have pursued, but I didn't because I didn't feel God lead in that direction. And, and so I think the biggest thing is, is truly walk in the spirit, walk where God's leading you. Um, even if it sounds crazy, you know, uh, even if it's a uh, smaller, bigger, it doesn't matter. Just where God, go where God wants you to go. Cause the best place to be is where God wants you to be. Cause mm-hmm. if you you know, the thing I know I look back is, is, I know if I stayed at Crossroads, um, I would be miserable right now, Mm. completely. Because it's not where God wants me. God has me here. And and I think that's why there's been some great things. My family, uh, how God uh, worked through my family is crazy. I mean, I had a, when I moved to Beth Salem to be the senior pastor, I had a, a 16 and 18 year old. I had a junior and senior in high school. That's not the normal time to move is in the middle of your senior year of your daughter's senior year. But the transition, because God was in it, they actually have thrived. Um, Mm. And and my oldest daughter has, you know, she became a leader here and really took off and and has taken on some leadership and speaks up. And and that's just not her personality. That's God's just really uses that. And uh, it's just really cool how both of my daughters just transitioned right into the church and love Mm. it. And, you know, that's only God move them in a, in a, as a junior and a senior to a new church, um, a new youth group. Uh, I'm no longer their youth pastor. Uh, that's all they've ever known. They never knew anybody else to be youth pastor because their entire life, when I came to Crossroads, Lily was two weeks old. Abby was a year and a half. So they really, truly don't know what another church looked like. They didn't know what another ministry looked like. But for them to transition so smoothly hmm. was pretty
1: amazing. That is Awesome. And that's encouraging to hear. You know, we, we always try to close out on something encouraging. That is it. I mean, that's, and, and you, you didn't mention it until right there at the end. But I mean, that tells you you were at crossroads for what, 17, 16, 17 years as a, as a second chair guy, student pastor. And sometimes I think that's an encouragement too. I think, you know, some some second chair leaders get a little bit antsy when they see some things that they would change and maybe they would do different. Now, okay, it's time for me. And, you know, I had a little bit of that in me, and and I think it's wise of you to stay and to learn until God has you ready. And man, you are ready, and and uh, we're we're just we're thankful for you um, for your ministry. And I did not mention this to begin with, but there's also another reason we had you on this podcast. And so, um, for those watching and listening, he's also a fellow Troy alum, and so go Trojans! <laughs> I knew it was coming up.
0: I knew it. I you knew, knew it was that going. was
1: coming up. So, no, no. um, I mean, it's always good to have another Trojan on the podcast. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> but y'all seem to be in a good mood since you've gotten a new coach too. So that's right. That's right. There's good things to look forward to. That's right. Mark beaming. I mean, I think he's just yeah. giddy about next year. Yeah. I mean, some people have, have accused me of having a man crush and, um, you know, Um, Well, they've also
0: accused you of crushing uh, the former coach's
1: dreams and hopes, too. (laughs) Well, I don't have enough money to do that. But anyway, Jeremy, thank you so much, man, for being here and for just sharing with us. And I know there's no doubt in my mind that people listening to this conversation, even if they don't know you, even if they never met you, they are encouraged and equipped um, to lead um, either in a second chair or in a lead role like you you are doing and have been doing so thank you so much for being with us i enjoyed it man thank you guys for having me on it was an honor mark
0: i echo what you said Uh, jeremy i thank you for your faithfulness to jesus and his church and man what a great encouraging testimony of what god's doing in your life right now and your family we really appreciate you sharing your story today
1: yep and uh, for everybody else thank you again so much for loyally being a part of this podcast we appreciate you and we'll see you next time
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.